Hey, welcome to the More Life Less Drama podcast. I'm your host, Prue Sulisic, and I'm here to lead you to a more fulfilling and peaceful life. This is not some fancy podcast bringing you extraordinary stories. I'm just here keeping it real, raw, and honest so you know it's possible for you too. I want you to know yourself so well, nothing stands in your way. So let's get to it. Life is waiting. Hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome to another episode. I'm really glad to have you here. It's a great week for me. I've got my beautiful friend Donnelly Wynan here on the Gold Coast in my house, staying with me, having impromptu chats. It's the bloody best. There's nothing that I love more is seeing people in the flesh and face-to-face and getting those little incidental moments with each other. Because when we're you know, at a distance, it's a very intentional thing to pick up the phone, have a conversation, to get on wholehearted and talk about what's going on. But I find it's those little incidental moments that actually make up a person, that show you who someone is and really gives you the opportunity to get to know them really well. And so I am so thankful to have her here. It's, yeah, it's such a pleasure. Like Donnelly and I have been acquaintances to start with, you know, coach-client relationship to start with on both ways. And now we have just morphed into friendship. And yeah, this this couldn't come at the most perfect time, actually, that she's here on the Gold Coast. And a shout out to Donnelly because Donnelly has been doing some incredible things and she has just launched her, well, she's up here to launch her first book. Like She's part of a beautiful collaborative book filled with 24 other authors. They're all women empowering women, and the stories in that book are incredible. And so they're up here together, and she's one of 10 speakers out of the 70 women that have already been in all the books because this is volume three, and she put her hand up and is, you know, just leaning in to action and like being the person she wants to be because she, Donnelly, sees herself as a speaker. She sees herself on stage, motivating people, sharing stories, compelling people to really be themselves. And that is what she's doing herself. Like she is the perfect example of what's possible. So they're up here doing the event. And if you want a copy of the book, I'm going to link it in the show notes in today's episode so you can actually grab your own copy. And what I'm going to say is contact Donnelly directly because that way you get the best deal on the book and you will get a signed copy. Plus, you know, there's always beautiful little surprises that Donnelly always puts in to anything that she does. And so going through Donnelly herself is the best way to get the book. Um, And you can also then support all these amazing women and Donnelly in this journey together. And don't be surprised if Donnelly brings out her own book in the near future because I'm sure that's on the cards. I'm sure that's on the cards. She has lots of wisdom to give this beautiful woman. So that's my shout out to Donnelly. So lovely. I know you're listening. Love you and really, really proud of you. And it's so exciting to have you here (laughs) and spend time with you. Being very selfish on that part. I just love it. It's not long enough. It's not long enough. Anyway, so today I want to really lean into a little bit more about not waiting for somebody else to save you, but to actually for you to save yourself. As I've been thinking about this episode, even though I create like a little pathway for myself, I really leave it open to be influenced by what's going on around me at the time to actually create the episode. 
And I had actually written up about this SAS. I think it's on Seven, not Channel Seven. There's a show called SAS where they take a bunch of celebrities and they put them through this vigorous SAS training. I was watching that briefly with Donna Lee last night because it was the season finale. We were having a bit of a chat about it. And what I know most, and this is where Donna Lee and I are completely different, she's like, oh, I really would like to do that. I, I would like to do something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that I'd ever, ever put up my hand to do that. That real physical stuff for me is not something that I really strive to push myself into. Like I, I keep it fairly simple here over on Prusalsich Camp. Yeah, Donna Lee, like she's very much motivated by that. And it got me thinking because if they put me on that show, so say one day that I end up there, I'm pretty certain that I would actually most probably be that person that fails on the first go, (laughs) on the first day. This is the reasoning behind this, right? And it's not particularly because I'm thinking I'm going to fail and, you know, what you think is your results. I get all that, obviously. I'm teaching you how to do that. What it is for me is actually having someone yelling at me to like, move, 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 or get up, you lazy dog, or whatever they're saying to you to like get you moving and inflicting pain on myself, like physical pain. It's just not something that motivates me. The thought of it repels me. The thought of it wants me to do less, not more. I realize if I'm in the situation and someone's yelling at me to move and they're kicking me up the ass, I'm most probably going to do it, but I'm not going to do it because I want to do it. <laughs> I'm doing it because I'm trying to get away from that pain. Yeah, so it was, it's been interesting thinking about this because I know that sometimes pain is a motivator and can be a motivator. People use it as a motivator. Like think of people that have deadlines for things and the stress of the deadline has you up all hours of the night doing the thing that is, you know, due maybe at midnight or, you know, early the next day. And yeah, you find the motivation from that pain to actually lean in and get the task done. So I can understand that pain can be a motivator for some people. And I also want to think that is it is it the best way to be motivated? Like having that whole stress, like that feeling of stress that you've got to get everything done from a deadline, it feels totally overwhelming, the thought of that. And when I get myself into that moment, yes, you find the strength to get it done and you feel so burnt out afterwards. So that the whole pain as a motivator is sort of similar to that, like rising from the ashes type of story. You know, like a lot of people come out the other side from this SAS show saying it was the best thing that they've ever done. Like they've never felt more empowered or more in control or whatever. And that's great. But if you're anything like me, like I said, I'm, and I'm guessing you are, like I'm guessing you're here because you want to learn more about yourself. So it's a really important point that we need to find something or find another way to motivate ourselves. Because are you forced into action because of pain? And think about a donkey and you want the donkey to move. So the donkey is either going to be motivated by pain. Think of the big stick whacking the donkey on the the backside going, come on, move, move, let's go, let's go, let's go. Or it can be motivated by reward. That's the opposite end of it. Think of the dangling carrot in front of the donkey to get it to move. It's like it likes a carrot, wants to eat the carrot, and so the carrot on the stick in front of the donkey's face is going to actually get it to move because it's going to walk forward to get to the reward. 
So neither is wrong. In all honesty, there are different circumstances that may require pain to change. But I also know that I personally am intrinsically motivated by reward. If I can't see the reward in something, good chance I'm not doing it. And the perfect example, I suppose, is that SAS. Like if I was dumped into SAS, I'd much really hate the whole thing because I don't see the reward in that. Yeah, look, if, I, if I'm stretched to find it, I must be like, oh, yeah, I would be proud of myself that I knew I could, didn't think I could do it and I could get through it. But the purpose of that, I'm not sure. So for me to do anything, I have to be fully like on a level of consciousness about what the reward is and what the purpose is behind it. The best question you can ask yourself is for what purpose? Because we do often find ourselves doing things that don't align with us or are not even in our scope. So many people's goals are not their own. And I think I talked about that last time. If you can't find or see the reward in something, good chance it's going to be really hard to show up for it. And I'm pretty certain you're going to agree with this. So being yelled at by someone else or myself through internal dialogue, because yelling at myself is the same thing as someone else yelling at me, it never works ever for me. If I say to myself things like, oh, Prue, you are disgusting, like get to the gym. (laughs) Like if I'm so mean to myself and I'm saying that to myself internally, chances are, seriously, I'm pigging out even more on food and binge watch Netflix. When I talk to myself like that, when I yell at myself and tell myself that I'm not good enough, I usually do the opposite of what I want to do. If I say things like, buddy helper, how many times is it going to take for you to figure this out? You're hopeless. Like this sentence, I'm pretty sure I've said it to myself a lot over the years, but chances are that is the thought that makes me give up every single time. Before I've figured it out, I'm like, next, what, you know, what's next? And just like leave it, even though I really want to get it done. If I'm telling myself that thought, if I'm yelling at myself internally, I'm giving up. If I say, seriously, Prue, you are so far behind, when are you going to get your shit together? It just leaves me feeling like I'm running a losing race. And again, I just give up. It's like, yeah, why would I bother? Yep, I am losing. I am failing. What's the point? I'm so far behind. There's no way I can catch up now. I have no idea who I'm catching up to or what I'm racing for. (laughs) But yeah, thought like that will stop me in my tracks. But it's funny because I often say I'm too nice to myself. I remember having a conversation with another coach one day and he was ex-military. So he knows all about this SAS stuff. He was doing the opposite of what I was doing. I was being too kind to myself in the gym, not really pushing myself too much. And he was doing the opposite. He was like, pushing himself way too much. And so we sort of came together and we're like, oh, yeah, you're doing too much. I'm doing too little. It's just there's a little bit of a gap in between for each of us. Maybe we can just close it and we can be kinder to ourselves. We can figure out what we need and then work from there. So that was interesting. I have always been really kind to myself, mostly, especially when it comes to physical exercise and stuff. The truth is I've always been a big vision type of person too. Doing things because of my big vision is so helpful 
And it actually has helped me really chunk down and do things on a small scale too. So things that are going to create the big impact, the big vision, I've gotten really good at figuring out what habits and what actions I need to take to actually get that big vision into place. Hence my tagline. If you've ever noticed, head coach's tagline is small steps, big changes, because I just know that is the way forward. Remember, we are just ordinary people doing the ordinary things. And yeah, we've got to have a plan. We've got to take just one step forward at a time. So teaching myself how to do that process has been quite long and tedious, but absolutely worth it because it actually has created those foundational habits. And like I've said numerous times before, it's about leaning in, trying lots of things and seeing what sticks. And this is exactly the same for this as well. Leaning in, trying on new thoughts and new actions and new motivators, like new reward stuff and see what sticks. So it's those small, mini, minute goals or even just tasks if goal is a real trigger word for you, which it seems to be for a lot of people. It's those things that are actually the only thing that are going to get you to the big vision. Never are you going to just jump straight to the big vision and get that done. There is lots of little steps in between. So understanding your motivation style is so very helpful, which is what we're leaning into today. And if you currently need to wait to be motivated by pain, like being forced into growth, I want you to hear this message and today choose to be guided by the carrot instead of the stick. And the carrot is fun and it's love and it's the person you are striving to be because negative drives negative. You want to keep showing up from pain, most probably you're going to create more pain. But positive also drives positive, which is great. So now I want you to think of a time where you have been forced into action from pain. Maybe it's a time where you have felt so uncomfortable in your body that you've put down your money to hire a PT or to start a new weight loss program or something like Michelle Bridges or others. And seriously, I've done this recently. Maybe you've been in a workplace that you've not liked for a while, like a long while, like a long, long while. And you're like, I'm just going to stay here because it's what I know. And maybe you, the only time that you decide to leave is after a huge big blow up with your boss or you have a, an argument with your coworker and things just get so bad that you are forced to leave. Maybe you're asked to leave. Who knows? Or maybe you are in a relationship and the only time you speak up or when you blow up is when you are at your wits end and can't handle it anymore. Tell me I'm wrong that this is often how it goes. And I'm just going to share a couple of examples with you that may or may not be real life examples of my life or some other people's lives around me. You know, I've coached a lot of people, but I'll leave that for you to to decide. So the curtain helmet needed to be put up. And look, it wasn't as easy to install as you thought. And tensions were high. Maybe there's some shit that happened yesterday and last week. And things are building. So you come together and you're putting up the helmet. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you just snap. Then the last six months of repressed rage and frustration come out. It just like spews out of you. Well, guess what? It wasn't about the helmet. But from that pain, 
the good thing about this is that a conversation has been started now, but it didn't really have to be that way. Maybe you're on holiday. You get up early to go to have some breakfast, but there's no parks. So you're sort of like driving around and again, tension goes from like zero to a hundred in about two seconds. And then suddenly you're being asked or told to get out of the car. And you see, it wasn't again about the lack of parking. Again, the pain started the conversation. But again, did you need to get to that point to have that conversation? Maybe you wake up and you're in hospital. Maybe you've been told that you've had a diabetic incident and you just about died. You see, you have type 2 diabetes and you've had it for a while, but you continue to eat a heavy carb diet, lots of sweet snacks, couldn't give up the wine and thought that taking your medication was going to be enough. But now you're in hospital and you just about died. There's possibility that your blood flow is not so good. Limbs are at risk. And it's only the possibility of this health crisis that has you researching ways to change, to change your diet, to reach out to the dietitian, to get a health coach. Waiting for pain to be a motivator has its consequences for sure, as you can tell. And some of them are lethal and can't be undone. And I wonder, do you want to take that risk? I can imagine you have an example of this when you had to wait for the pain to have the conversation. You had to wait for the pain or a near-death experience to change your lifestyle. So do you want to take that risk? Do you want to risk death, having a terrible holiday experience every time? Do you want to risk the breakdown of your relationship? Do you want to risk losing your mind at your loved ones all the time? And I'm pretty sure the answer is a huge, big, resounding hell no. So what's available to you then? If pain doesn't have to be the only thing that gets you off your ass and into action, always the opposite of what you're doing, feeling and thinking is available. I want you to know that the opposite is always available. The world works on polarity. Where there is north, there is always south. Where there is dark, there is always light. Where there is hot, there is always cold. And where there is negative, there is always positive. So I wonder, where are you choosing to live? Are you choosing to live in a way that closes the door on having the opposite available? Like knowing it's there, but just going, you know what? No, I'm not even going to think about that part. Are you the person that always finds yourself or often finds yourself feeling or seeing the negatives in something? Or are you more like me that errs on the side of optimism? (laughs) But are you only waiting for the inevitable pain to give you the push into action? And it's a funny story about me erring on the side of optimism. Unlike many people who come and get coaching, they're actually usually seeking out the optimism. Maybe they're more of a pessimistic person or they're just going through a rough time. They want to step into being a more optimistic person or having a mindset that's open to all possibilities. And it's funny because this year I have been intentionally working on honing my own skill of skepticism and a bit of pessimism. It sounds strange. However, again, being optimistic also had me living only in one side of life. It wasn't seeing or allowing me me to see the negatives. And because I know life is 50-50, 
I'd had to practice that. I had to actually practice feeling pessimistic or being skeptical because, yeah, living in 100% positivity is always not the best way. We have to learn to live in this 50-50 in the polarity of life. So I have been practicing being open to seeing this all as well. And it's been an interesting journey, I can tell you. And as you can probably witness, you know, I haven't changed who I am or I'm not becoming a negative person. It's actually quite the opposite. I'm even more aware and more in tune and have more conviction because of that. Me knowing that it's available because I have the choice, I can choose whatever side I want to be on and yeah, just follow through with my thoughts, feelings and actions. Because remember, this chapter is all about taking action. And today I want you to take action from reward rather than pain. I want you to be motivated from reward rather than pain. So let me give you some examples of this so you understand it. I often say that I'm going to live to 100. And I'm not just living to 100 sitting in my rocking chair and watching everybody else live life. I'm really motivated to be active and being in my life as a active contributor to it, not just a bystander. That's a huge reward. A huge reward for me is possibly seeing my kids and my grandkids and maybe even my great-grandkids if I'm that lucky. That's a huge big picture. Can you see that? So that's that big vision that I was telling you about earlier. But that's a reward. Like living a healthy life to the end is a reward for me. But if we want to chunk it right down and do the opposite, I've also gone gluten-free for 30 days to figure out some stuff that I've got going on. Besides the reward being less brain fog and gut bloat, which is a reward in itself, but sometimes it's not like a full reward that actually commits me to something because things like that, sometimes it takes longer to get through and to really unpack because I know 30 days is hardly anything. I might have to extend it to 90 days, which I'm pretty certain after speaking to Donnelly today, I'm going to do that. But I've actually given myself a physical reward too for this. Like I've got a chart behind me that I'm marking off the days. I'm doing all the things that I teach other people to do. And I've written a physical reward. And the physical reward is my facial. And I think I've mentioned it before. And I love a facial. I don't get very often. And so I'm like, cool, if I do 30 days gluten-free and I have a like a 95% margin. So I've got to do it for 95% of the 30 days. Um, I'm going to give myself a facial. But if I don't reach that, I'm not booking the facial. So the reward is the facial because I'm like, hmm, I really like a facial. Then another example is losing 25 kilos of extra fat on your body. And you see, that could just be because I should do it. You know, oh, you know, I'm going to look better, feel better. But really... Is that really giving you anything like the reward? And so sometimes it's really important to chunk right down into for what purpose are you doing this really hard thing? Because I know losing weight off your body is one of the hardest things to do. For this particular person I'm thinking of, they're looking at it in a way that they're setting their self up and their body up for a better pregnancy and birth and also parenthood. Like they're not even about to go into the parenthood like or even the pregnancy process just yet. They're thinking about that and going, oh, it's going to be so good when my body is at its best and at its healthiest to fall pregnant. 
because they really want, you know, to create a family. They really want to have that pregnancy experience. And they also want to be fit enough and healthy enough that birth is going to be as best as they can be, like whatever is in their control. And on the opposite side where we where you become a parent and you've got the energy to be the best parent that you could possibly be because you're looking after your health. So that is a reward. That is motivated by reward. Maybe it's just something really simple that is like instead of spending $20 a week on coffees, I'm going to put it into a savings account. And that way, by the end of the year, I'll be able to buy that new iPhone that I wanted. Like it could be really simple like that. Maybe it's something like if I walk 50,000 steps a week, at the moment I do like about 20,000. So that's 30,000 more than I'm doing now. And if I do it, I'll not only feel proud of myself, I'll also be able to go for that walk with a friend that has been asking me so many times. And I keep saying no because I don't feel I'm fit enough to do a walk. But if I do those 50,000 steps, and you can maybe add a time frame in there for four weeks, then I'll contact my friend and say, hey, I'm up for that walk. That's the reward. You visualizing yourself on a walk with the friend that you haven't done for years. So as you can see, there are so many things that you can reward yourself with. And it doesn't have to be material, as you've just been given examples of. It can be spiritual. It can be experiences. It can be about building relationships. And of course, it can also be material. Like I know I've got a goal when I hit a certain amount turnover in my business, I'm actually going to make myself a ring, like a customized ring. And do you know how earlier we talked about how the internal dialogue, so do you know how earlier we talked about how the internal dialogue is going to create that pain and be the person that's yelling at you and stopping you dead in your tracks if you're doing that? This is your chance to now reframe and create powerful thoughts that will create the reality that you want. And it has to align with your vision for life, your vision, remember, not anybody else's. Because as someone smart once said, you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. And this goes for your mind and your belief systems as well as your body. So here are some new thoughts to inspire action. I'm just going to list a few, take what you want, practice them, see what actually works. And I've really kept them quite deliberately like in a work in progress state rather than I'm amazing, I can do this, all this sort of stuff. I'm really trying to keep it somewhere that you can actually feel into immediately and be like, oh yeah, I feel that is true, that statement, and therefore I can practice it. So the first one is, I know it feels hard right now and I don't want to do the thing and I'm going to do it anyway. Like that is a great thought to inspire action when you don't want to, because let's be honest, when you're starting something new, it takes a lot of effort. And this thought, if you practice it, is going to help you get up off the couch or do the thing that you really want to do. The second one is small steps create big changes. Again, head coach's tagline. And maybe you want to finish it off with, all I need to do today is take one small step. Then the third one is, I'm not running the marathon today. I'm just buying my runners to train. And I often think about this when we're starting something massive and we look at the big massive thing and we're like, oh my God, overwhelmed. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm just going to not do anything now. And it stops you. 
And I often tell many of my clients, like today, we're just buying the runners to do the training to run the marathon down the track. That's all we're doing. We're walking to the shop and we're buying the runners. It's like you got to start at the very beginning. You can't skip any steps. You can't not have runners to run a marathon. So, yeah, the sentence is, I'm not running the marathon today. I'm just buying my runners to train. Simple. Everybody can do that. And then one from Glennon Doyle and her sister and Abby Wombok, they have the podcast of the same name and it says we can do hard things. It's a reminder that when we're feeling like it's too much, that it's really hard, it's like, oh, that's right, we can do hard things. It's totally fine. I've got it. I've got this. And another one that I love and practice often is I'm a finisher just reminds me that, oh, that's right. I know how to start something because I'm great at that. Like I've always been great at that part, but finishing not so much. So it's actually a reminder that I am a finisher. What I start, I finish. And the last one is a really great one because it's essential that you do this. And the thought is, I know how to take care of myself because Every person that comes to me and says, oh, I really would love to be healthier and lose weight and do all that. And I I always say to them, do you know what to do to do all those things? And they're like, yeah, of course. So it's a reminder that you do know how to take care of yourself. It's like, oh, of course I do. (laughs) We make it so complicated. But in actual fact, we already know how to take care of ourselves. And if you happen not to know something, well, We'll figure it out. And in case you keep wanting the pain to motivate you, I want you to also remind yourself, I know in the past I needed a stressor or pain to motivate me, but now I'm working on a new way. So yes, please take that, practice it, because sometimes we we think we need to leave things to the last minute to get the thing done. But as I said before, the, the opposite is always true and available. So you do have the opportunity to do something differently because take it from me as a person who still sometimes needs a deadline to get things done. I have to remind myself of that one a lot. It's like, oh, that's right. I used to do that in the past, but I'm working on it. So as you can imagine from this conversation, it's really very important to take action immediately to cement this in. And so today, this is all what I want you to do. I want you to look around just in your immediate space. I don't want you to think too big here. And I want you to choose one thing that you've been procrastinating on. Maybe it's folding that mountain of washing. Maybe you've been looking at the back, looking at all the weeds going, oh, I need to do that weeding. Maybe you're procrastinating on doing a tax. Maybe you're procrastinating on paying your bill because you don't want to open up your bank account. Maybe you wanted to clean out the garage, but you're like, oh God, so overwhelming. Or maybe you just want to go for a walk. You're like, oh, I've been promising myself that I'm going to go for a walk this week. And you just haven't. So what I want you to do is choose one simple, small thing, just one of those things. Like maybe cleaning out the garage is too much. So you scrap that off the list, but choose one thing. And I want you to set yourself an end date or a time to get it done because maybe it's today. Maybe you're like, oh, I could so fold the mountain of washing by 
seven o'clock tonight. So yeah, set yourself a date and a time to get it done and then think ahead of the reward. Okay. I want you to start practicing how to use reward as your motivator. And remember, like anything, if you don't practice it, you're not going to get good at it. So maybe it's just the feeling of satisfaction that you've done it. Maybe it's pride that you've done it in yourself, that you've actually followed through on doing something. Maybe you'll invite a friend around now because you've got that washing all put away and you're like, oh, I can finally actually invite my friend over for coffee because I don't have to be embarrassed about that big, huge mountain of washing in the living room. Or maybe, just like me, you'll take yourself for your own facial at the end of the task. Maybe it's something that you love to do, like choose something that you love to do. Maybe it's get your nails done, go for a facial, have a coffee, have a milkshake, who knows? Just choose something. Practice being motivated by reward. And let's just quit waiting for life to hit the fan before we take action. Or worse still, are forced into taking action because of a medical emergency or something major that's happened. Remember, the opposite is always available to you. And you know what I would love even more (laughs) is that once you've completed your task, I want you to send me a message telling me what you did, how you feel, and how you rewarded yourself. What reward motivated you to do it? I'd love to hear all about it. Like, and I'm serious. I want to hear about it. So as usual, you can send it to any of my social media accounts or you can text me. My text line is 0421-791-772. Make it part of the plan, actually. I'm thinking that now. Know that you haven't finished it to its completion until you've sent me the message <laughs> just to push you to, for a bit more motivation. So know it's complete by sending me the message. Okay, that's it. I can't wait to hear all the things that you're doing. Remember, looking around, choosing one small thing that you can get done, you know, I'm going to say in a seven-day period, but it could be in, a, in an hour or in, a, in the day. Who knows? And then just send me a message and tell me what you did. Tell me how you were practicing finding motivation from reward. And that's it. That's all I need you to do. Okay, I'm going to leave that with you. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to More Life, Less Drama. All the details of this podcast can be found in the show notes on my website. And if you want to take your growth to the next level, I invite you to become part of my membership program, Be Unshakable, where we take this information and dive headfirst into putting it into action. Go to www.head-coach.com.au for all the details. Until next week.